What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me once again here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? Dude, that's just as you, the broke soldier, Zach Scott. Genius speaking, I'm not that broke. Tonight's card was absolutely great. There's something that happened, Vinny. Uh, there's there's a few things that happened on this show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, 
If you're a frequent listener of the show and you're a fan of the Angry Boots, he's coming. Uh-oh. He's coming. <laughs> he's going to be here. There's going to be two moments where he shows up because two things pissed me the fuck off about this damn show. Everything else was great, but there were two moments that angered the Boots, and we're going to get to them. But before we get to that, we got to kick things off with our first official match of the evening. Solo Sequoia goes one-on-one against Grayson Waller. This right here was a great opening match there, folks. It really, really was, Jack. I mean, and uh, it was back and forth. Grayson Waller's like, I will tell you how I really feel. And uh, so I got fed up with his talking and started beating the crap out of him. And it was back and forth for a while for a good minute of the match before I went to commercial break. Uh, so it was a lot of on the offense. But once again, it was really, really good. And uh, Waller being the sneaky little prick that he is, uh, had the uh, spells turnbuckle in his finisher. One, two, three. Penny? Yeah. Basically, this was Solo Sequoia just beating the shit out of Waller. Uh, Waller he got very well. little, if any, offense. He sold well. We did. Oh, he sold very well. <laughs> I don't excuse. I don't. I'm not taking any away from that. He definitely sold his ass off, and I give him all the credit in the world. But man, was this a one-sided fight? It was one-sided fight because there's hardly any offense on him. It was all defense. I mean, it was just insane. Solo's kicking his ass. At one point, he goes for that rolling stunner, but he counters it into a Samoan drop, which I thought was great. But then Solo charges that in, charges that Waller. He moves. He hits the exposed turnbuckle, and that's when Waller hit the rolling stunner again for the win, which was great because, like I said, Solo was dominating mo- the, this entire fucking match pretty much, and then Waller won with a heelish tactic that again timed the stunner in a way that it was believable. And that's what I love most about Grayson Waller is he hits his finisher with such precision. It's always timed perfectly. Okay, I can't say always because in the beginning it wasn't. But once he started getting a rhythm going and the other guys learned how to fucking sell for it, it's perfect. So Grayson Waller got the win. It was well done because uh, Solo Sequoia has been, you know, he says no title matches. He's been winning most of the time. So Grayson kind of deserves a win because... I'm tired of Sequoia having next. It's played out. That's very, very true, sir, because he always wins all the other matches, but doesn't win the big one. Yeah. So since he's not, since we've already established he's not getting a title anytime soon, might as well push Grayson. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with um, Tony D, the Don of NXT. As he says, the Legados can get on his good side tonight if they beat Damon Kemp and Roderick Strong. And D'Angelo plans on winning the North American Championship tonight. And D'Angelo tells Santos Escobar that he better win the title tonight, implying that Escobar is obligated to make sure it happens or they'll be held at bay. And, of course, Santos says, don't worry, boss. We got you. You knew that automatically that's not what's going to happen. You see it in his eyes. Like, yeah, I want to help you out, but I'm gonna, you know. But this right here was classic Tony D. You better do what I say or else. I was like, okay, what are you going to go do? Go eat a bowl of pasta? Anyways, I thought this was a very good segment. Well, you're right about one thing. I am going to eat a bowl of pasta. After I rearrange all their fucking faces and bitch slap them back to the other side of the border. That's what's going to happen if I don't walk out of here with this North American championship. Capiche? Mm-hmm. All right. We have an understanding. Anyway. on yeah, understanding. <laughs> On that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got ourselves a tag team match, or as I like to call it, the Battle of the Jobbers. Katana Chance and Caden Carter versus Valentina Feroz and Ulisa Leon. I thought this was actually really, really good. What do you think? It was okay. I enjoyed it. I mean... It was okay. It was entertaining. 
Yeah, it was a good tag team match. It was a good, as John used to say, it was a good TV match. That's what it was. It, it, it served its purpose for TV. There was nothing special, and like I said, they're pretty much two jobber tag teams. And I'm going to get into more of that a little bit later in this fucking show. But <laughs> Valentina Feroz and Ulisa Leon are jobbers. They're the jobber tag team the of were. NXT. Katana Chance and Caden Carter, back when back when Katana was Casey Canton Zero, they were a jobber tag team for years. They are just now, over the last few months, getting to the point where they're being taken seriously as a tag team. Before that, they weren't. So that's why I call this the Battle of the Jobbers. Because you got the okay, former jobber team and the current jobber team. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I can see that, but it wasn't. Uh, it was, at least it wasn't a squash. I definitely don't call it a squash. I definitely call it a match. It was entertaining. It was there, but like what you and John say, it was a good TV match. It was a filler, but a good filler. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's filler. It was just a good TV match. Um, then on that note, we cut to the next segment here, and we got good old Wesley. Oh boy. Lee thanks the crowd for their support. It's needed after the past three months he's had. He went from being a tag team champion with his best friend, his brother, just to have it explode around him. Lee gets choked up and says he wears his tears proudly. In his anger, he acted outside of himself, and he apologized. Trick Williams interrupts and tells Lee to shut up. No one cares. Williams says Lee's boy is gone because he wasn't there for him. Lee tells Williams that, you know, I did everything for him. I stood by his side because we're brothers, but you basically just second fiddle to your boy. And then Lee tells Williams that he spent so much time hyping up Carmelo Hayes that he wonders if Williams has any hype left for himself. And Williams tells Lee they will get it on his, uh, they will get it on in his time. He's gonna do Lee one better and do like Lee's friend and just leave. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. I was like, uh, dude, I don't like you. Okay, I was watching. I was like, okay, blah 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 blah. Okay, palm tree man, go ahead, Lenny. Everybody's gonna be shocked with what I'm about to say right now, but I love this fucking uh -oh. promo. Really? Oh yes, that was exactly what Wesley needed to do. It was perfect. He acknowledged the fact that his tag team partner is gone. He talked about how they were friends, they were brothers, you know, how they became the tag team champions. Granted, I didn't like it, but it happened. And then he's talking about how he's trying to prove that he can stand on his own two feet. He apologized for the anger and the heel-like behavior. He was crying, but he said, I wear my tears proudly. He's everything Wesley needs. That's a baby face fucking promo. That is baby face. That's what you're supposed to fucking do. He acknowledged his failures. He didn't back away from the fact that he had tears. He apologized for his bad behavior in the past that's what baby faces do especially if they're doing a face turn which wesley's not necessarily doing a face turn but either way i acted outside of myself i enjoyed it so much i was mad when trick interrupted i thought trick was gonna kill this whole thing turns out he ended up elevating it because wesley stood on his own like you know you just second fiddle to your boy love that line so then after that he yeah, did like that he burned him, he roasted him, he put Trick Trick in his place. Because it's true, Trick Williams hasn't done anything for himself in this company. He has literally been the guy walking next to Carmelo going, talk your talk, 
That's all he's been doing. And Trick is good on the mic. He got decent skills hmm. in the ring. But you wouldn't know it because all he does is hype Carmelo Hayes. He really hasn't done anything, has he? He hasn't. So this is fucking great. I hope we see a few between Wesley and Trick Williams. Well, we're going to the way the promo was tonight. So we'll see that. Yeah, because I think he got under Trick Williams' skin, which is why I was hoping for something else later on in the show. But again, we'll get to that shit later. Right now, Uh-oh. we moving on to the next match of the evening. We got Uh-oh. some tag team action here. We got Diamond Mine Uh-oh. versus Legado del Fantasma. <sighs> This match was going great until there was a fuck. There was a big fuck up, and then, and then Mr. Bucci said he was going to be angry, and I would have been like, oh, no, this is one of the problems. But I thought this was okay match until there was a fuck up. So, may God have mercy on your soul. Vinny, go ahead. This ain't the moment where I'm mad. Oh, really? I thought this would be one of them. No, 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 no. Compared to other, compared to two other things that happened on this show, this wasn't shit. This was actually, it was a good match. I mean, two dimes accidentally tripped Del Toro, which, you know, was an accident. You know, of course, there was dissension in the ranks at that point, And, you know, there was some fuck-ups to be had. Because two dimes wasn't paying attention and fucked up, you know. I like that. It could cause, like, a little bit of tension, but... See, what I would have liked to have seen, and I'm trying not to jump too far ahead, but what I would have liked to have seen was, like, Two Dimes and Stacks and Del Toro and Wild, like, kind of feuding, like, kind of fighting amongst themselves and have, like, Santos and Tony D try to keep the peace. That's what I would like to have seen. Like, these, like, 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 kind of having their, like, issues and shit, but they're trying to keep the peace in the family. That's what I would have liked to have seen. You obviously didn't get that, but again, more on that later. But overall, this was a pretty good tag team match. I thought this was one of the moments that you were pissed off about. Not even close. That... Yeah. Oops, that was my bad. Oh, Uh-oh. that comes later. Um, then we cut to Giovanni Da Vinci, who is talking about, you know, a list of all the champions, you know, getting ready to make his statement, you know, trying to show he's one of the top guys in NXT. And then all of a sudden, Eichmann Jiro shows up and talks about how Giovanni calls himself a man with style, but is he style strong? And we're going to find out. Um, no. No, no, no. But, yeah, it was fine with the fall guy. I can't say his name. He's doing a good promo until this motherfucker had to show up in a yellow shirt with his face all over on his box, on his uh, shorts as well. This was horrible. This was pointless. I did not enjoy this. This is the shitty moving on. There was no reason for this segment, and there is no reason for yeah. Jiro to still have a job here. He brings nothing to the table. Oh, I hate him. Oh, God, he's such a joke. He is not remotely entertaining. His gimmick is fucking stupid. And if this is just something for Da Vinci to kind of dip his toes into NXT, so be it. But this better be something where it's like one and done. Like, they have a match, and then this doesn't happen again, and then we keep Jiro off of TV because he is fucking terrible. Wrestling-wise, he's terrible. Entertainment-wise, he's terrible. He needs to go back to whatever Japanese mud show he crawled out of. That's where he needs to go. Get the fuck get the fuck out. Go back to Japan where just goofy shit actually matters to fucking people. Giovanni deserves better. Way better. But I understand they want to start. He's got to start somewhere because all the top guys are in feuds. So he has to dip his toes in the water with this jacket off. Then, okay. I don't get it with him. So on that note, we cut to the in-ring segment with Toxic Attraction. We got Mandy Rose says she wants to make something perfectly clear. Even if Roxanne Perez and her band of losers got a fluke victory, it doesn't matter. 
Never does. Bolin says when the pressure is on, Perez will crack. Jane says just like Cora Jade, who has made a career of failing. failing. Perez and Jade interrupt. Rose says that Perez thinks she deserves a shot. She is delusional. Perez says she has earned everything she has had. As much as it would mean the world for her to become NXT Women's Champion, and one day she will, it would be sweeter to win the tag team titles with her best friend. Carter and Chance walk out on the stage and complain about Jade and Perez trying to skip the line. Both teams start fighting as Toxic Attraction looks on. Once again, we have some toxic attraction and the ring with the belts and we're better than everybody. Blah, 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 blah. Then Perez and Jay came out and I thought that was going good. And then to the other two people had to come out after this whole fucking thing. You know what we're going to see here probably at the Great American Bash? We're going to see another triple threat match for the women's tag team titles. So that being said, Freddy, go ahead. Where do I fucking begin? Okay, not only was this one of the worst promos from Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan at least was entertaining. And I did like the bus line where they talk about, you know, Perez talks about, you know, taking buses so much, you know, which kind of makes her, you know, a good baby face. Hey, she took a bus to get here. It, you know, it's a, it's a bragging thing. Um, I also like the fact that Perez and Jade want to go for the tag team titles because it's what I've been preaching since Roxanne won the contract. That she should cash it in for the tag belts because she is not ready to be NXT Women's Champion. She is not credible enough to beat Mandy Rose. She's not. But her and Cora Jade would be perfect as the tag team champion. And then, of course, Carter and Chance come out and said they're not done with them yet. And then Cora says, we saw in your house. You guys are done. Loved it. Beautiful. Great line. Then, of course, eventually fight breaks out, and now we find out that next week on NXT, Carter and Chance take on Jade and Perez for a number one contenders match, with the winners to get a shot at Toxic Attraction, which normally wouldn't be a problem, except we're forgetting one incy-wincy, crucial, but ever so significant little tiny detail. Perez has a contract! What the fuck? Is the point in having a contract that gives you the right to challenge for a title if any random bitch can come walking out and stake their claim to the belt? You need to go to the back of the line. Bitch, I have a contract. Pull a Wendy Chew and just say, I have a contract. Blah, 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 blah. I have a contract. We fought them a month ago. I have a contract, you stupid whore. That's all the fuck you need to say. I have an ironclad contract from winning the breakout tournament that I shouldn't have fucking won in the first place, and I'm cashing it in for a tag team title shot, especially when it's the two former jobber bitches that just lost it in your house. Earlier this month, who the fuck is writing this? Seriously, does anyone in a creative room think before they write? Does anyone sit down and actually write this shit and plan? I understand you gotta get ready for TV, blah, 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 but there's different writers for different brands, and you got one show a week. You are telling me that in seven days, no one watched this, proofread this, bothered to look at this, and I don't want to hear, well, I'm in charge of the whole thing, but I got 50 million other jobs. Hey, if you ain't got time to proofread shit, you shouldn't be the fucking boss. 
That's the job of being the boss. You want to be the boss? You want to be the HNIC? That's what it takes. Organization. You got to be looking at this and going, why are we having a number one contenders match when Perez has a contract? That should overrule whatever shit comes out of Carter and Chance. The line starts behind us. Bitch, you just lost. The line doesn't start behind you when you lose. Think before you talk. No one looked at the script and thought, this sounds stupid to none of you? What the fuck do we need a number one contenders match for when, again, Perez has a contract? There is no point in having a contract if anybody can overrule it. It's like the money in the bank that's coming up next week. Whoever grabs that briefcase gets a title shot anytime they damn well please. Oh, I'm going to cash this in next week. Uh-uh, sorry, I'm getting a shot next week. Uh, This briefcase says anytime I damn well please. So unless you want a triple threat match, get your ass to the back. The, you just made your breakout tournament meaningless. Because now you're going to have a number one contenders match. Perez has to now earn her title shot that was handed to her via a contract that she earned for winning a fucking Tournament. This is the one of the dumbest things that happened all night. This is one of the worst booking decisions on the planet Earth. And I swear to God, if what Zach just says happens, if this becomes a triple threat match, then fuck this whole fucking show. No, no wonder AEW won the war. Zach, you got anything to add about this abortion? Uh, pretty much, you just pretty much said everything. Are you okay? So this is one of the moments. Yeah, this was the one. I was so fucking mad when this happened. <laughs> Just because it's when you stupidity. Screamed, you made me jump. It's stupidity. Use your head. I understand stupidity, but Jesus Christ, I'm going to beat you, a.k.a. You're making my ears fucking ring. Ow. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I hurt your sensitive ginger ears? Yes, you actually did, you motherfucker, you. You fuck. Okay. Well, what type of the morning? We move on to the next match of the evening. And we cut, I don't know. So we cut to the backstage area with Carmelo A's and Trick Williams. You say they're going to take care of business tonight. He says everyone wants to be next, but all they're going to be is the next to take an L from the A champion. Uh, okay. Once again, we're seeing Carmelo A's and Trick Williams, and they're talking, talking, talking. Can you come up with something new, 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 new? Apparently, they can't, so I'm moving on. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same, you know, dog and pony show. <laughs> that they give every week. There's nothing interesting. Next, we cut to... No, there is not. Yes. Next, we cut to a backstage interview with Indy Hartwell. Deanna James interrupts and basically says that, you know, she's a disgrace to women because she can't stand on her own two feet. She bounces around from friend to friend to relationship, blah, blah, blah. And she has all these stats that show that Indy's not talented. So Indy said, bring your stats to the ring next week. Let's have a match. And they agree. So next week, it's Indy Hartwell and Kiana James. Does anybody give a shit? There's one thing that was funny. Okay. And Andy Hartwell called uh, called her a bitch. Oh, yeah. That was funny. But otherwise, and this was, I was like, kid. But I did, one thing I did enjoy about this, like, Anna James, if you want to talk shit against Andy Hartwell, be my guest. And Andy Hartwell is going to probably beat your ass. So, moving on. Yeah. Uh, all I got to say is, I hope after Indy kicks Kiana James's ass, we see her get a title yeah. shot at the Great American Bash. Because that's who needs to be taking the belt for the love of God, yes. Is Indy Hartwell. That's what needs to be fucking happening. 
but they're not going to do it. Kiana James, there's nothing special about her right now, so we need to use her as a stepping stone, bitch. Yes, I do agree. And your heart will beat that bitch's ass. So, on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Idris Anofi with Malik Blade versus Cameron Grimes. This was the match of the night. I thought this was actually fan-fucking-tastic. There was so, uh, I mean, it was physical back and forth. I mean, he does enough. He used to do a little bit of spot monkey stuff. Like, he did all of that top rope thing. I hate when they do that, the flippy, flippy stuff over the top rope. But this was really, really, really good. Like, a good back and forth. And uh, he came regarding his gate, uh, gave him one, two, three. But what I liked about the match, I mean, he probably would, too. After the match, uh, Cameron Grimes came up, stood up, shook his hand, and gave him a hug. A sign of respect in the business. My right arm, my rock. It is, and plus Cameron Grimes isn't really a a heel. He's Thanks more up. like an he's more like an angry baby face. He has, who has a chip on his shoulder with something to prove. So after he whoops ass, he's like shaking his hand because he gave him a run for his money. Plus he kind of you know you know browbeat both of them last week for wanting to leave early and stuff. So it it was something he just needed to put up a fight in this match. Obviously and he did. I agree, he did. I'm just saying he needed to, you know? He definitely needed to. They were trading takedowns, pin attempts, submission holds. This was a good match. This was a wrestling match. And both these guys did fucking phenomenal. And I agree with you 100%. This was the match of the night. They did amazing. Uh, Grimes, of course, hitting the side effects, a Matt Hardy-type move because he used to train in Omega. So it's kind of cool to see him do that. Um, Grimes eventually hits the cave-in for the win. So this is a good this is a good match. It was a solid match, and it could have been a main event match. It wasn't for obvious reasons, but it had potential because they they stole the show. Yeah, they did it. It stole the whole fucking show. Anyways, moving on. Yes, we move on to the next match of the evening. If we want to call it that, yeah, I'll call that. We got Von Wagner versus Brooks Jensen. Uh, Brooks Jensen put up a good fight. He did. But for strange reason, Barwena kept on targeting his, uh, his thumb. And um, let's do it on purpose. But uh, Rick Session sold very well. And he put up a good fight. But I knew for a fact that no way Rick Session's going to beat this dude. I like Rick Session. He's got heart. But I, everybody automatically knew where this was going to go. And it ended. One, two, three. Finish. Well, yeah. But as far as him focusing on like the thumb and the everything, that's just good storytelling. Which is what I was glad to see in this match. Like the fact that he, I love my favorite moment. We took the finger and put it in between the little hook thing by the ropes. It was creative and it was ways for him to injure the arm because Brooks Jensen was coming off an injury. So to go after that hand is great storytelling. It's like, look, we don't have to go out there and have a five star fucking match. We just need to do, you have, you have to tell your story in the ring. That's what it's about. But they did exactly what they needed to do. I'm going to focus on the hand, and I'm going to cause damage to that, and that's going to be the story we tell. So, and it was great. And in the end, Widener hit his finisher and got the win. So, it's a good. it was a good match, just based on storytelling. It showed how easy that is. Tell a story in the ring. They had a story based on what? Brooks Jensen had an injured hand, and mostly an injured thumb. And with that, they told a story. That's how fucking easy that is. And... After that, we cut to the backstage area where we see uh, Cameron Grimes relaxing after the match. And Braun Breaker comes up and says that's the Cameron Grimes that he wanted to see. And he wants to see at the Great American Bash. And Cameron says, if you do, you're looking at the new NXT champion. This right here was actually really, really enjoyable. I think Cameron Grimes needs to go over and win. I think it's time for him to have that world title. But I did enjoy it. And basically, Bob Baker said, I want to see that type of Cameron Grimes. And I was okay, but this happens. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> no, it was good. And then he walked away, and Braun just kind of looked at him like, you know, okay. Because, you know, it's all, you know, it's uh, there was no disrespect when he said that. He's just saying, 
It's all about the NXT title. That's what it's about. So it's Braun can be mad, but he can't be too mad because you know he's he's gunning for your title. Doesn't mean he hates you. Just means he wants that title. And but before we can say Cameron deserves the title, the question we still need to ask is this: Is he ready for the main roster? Mm, I don't know. What what can he do? Well, that's the question you need to ask: Is is he ready? Because if he's ready for the main roster, then Cameron Grimes needs to win. But if he is not ready for the main roster, then in no way, shape, or form should he lose the title. If Braun Breaker needs more time in NXT, he needs to win. If he's ready, then Cameron Grimes needs to win because Braun can't lose the NXT title and then stay in NXT. That doesn't make sense. There's no logical reason for him to stay in NXT and and do what? Be the North American champion? You don't win the tag team titles? With who? It wouldn't make sense. It would not. So if he, if he needs more time, keep him here. Keep him with, let him keep the belt. He's ready. Have him drop the belt, Cameron Grimes, and then eventually call him up. But on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We didn't want to call it that. Alba Fire versus Lash Legend. This could have been a great match to start off great until Lash Legend had to disqualify herself. I was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know why you did this. So beats me, Vinny. Go ahead. I would not understand this at all. Um, it didn't make sense to a lot of people, but uh, for whatever reason, Last Legend hit her with the bat, causing the disqualification. Um, I that I don't get it. I don't know if they're trying to. Are they trying to continue a storyline here? Like, is this going to lead to the Great American Bash? Because that's the only logical reason you can give to to pull a stunt like this. If you're going to do a DQ finish like this, that means you're trying to lead to something big at the big event, which, as we mentioned before, is the Great American Bash. So what is that going to lead to? But either way, I like seeing Alba Fire on the defense for once. You know, and Lash Legend is, you know, pretty much, you know, giving her a run for her money, which I like. I like seeing the push that Lash Legend is getting. But if they're going to have another match, it needs to be like no disqualification. Okay. 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 No ladders. Yeah, I'm not saying that. They don't. They're not going to use ladders. They're not. They're not crazy people. Okay. They don't. I'm just saying it needs to be no disqualification because otherwise, if it's a regular match, someone could just get DQ'd again. Like she's already used the bat once. I'm supposed to think she's not going to use it again. You know what I mean? So it has. To, it would have to be no DQ at or maybe a street fight or something to make it interesting. Okay. And there's not a lot of gimmick uh, matches at the Great American Bash right now, so that would be a good one. That part I can agree with you, sir. I can, I can on that, on that, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got something interesting that popped uh, up that I want to talk about. What? What? Of course, uh, Joe Gacy shows up, and he's there with the dyad. And here's what I thought was interesting about this. He talked about how this team has tasted gold before, but, you know, now that they have direction, the victory's a lot sweeter, and, you know, they you know they were lost, and now they're under Joe Gacy's tutelage. So this was interesting. Because now I'm thinking, okay, who are these guys in the dyad suits? I think maybe there's a chance they're former NXT tag team champions, maybe. So I'm kind of looking at the list of NXT tag team champions and who we and who they could be. And it, it's a hard list to find. Well, well, evidently they're keeping it pretty good a secret. I mean, I don't think it's the Ascension. Because uh, I know the first NXT tag team champions was a team called British Ambition, and that was Neville and some random dude named Oliver Gray. Um, so I don't really know what that would do. 
But it's obviously not the Wyatt family because Luke Harper's dead, and I don't see Eric Rowan coming back. Uh, it's not. It's not Corey. I mean, Corey Graves is a former tag champion, but his only title reigns were with Neville, so that rules that out. I doubt the Lucha. It can't be the Lucha Dragons because they're not. They're, they're they're too short. Um, I don't think it's it's Buddy Murphy's in AEW, so it's not him and Wesley Blake. It might be the Vaude Villains, but I don't know if they bring back Simon Gotch. Plus, Gotch and English don't like each other. Definitely not the revival. It's definitely not American Alpha. It's definitely not DIY. It's not the Authors of Pain. They're too big. I know. I'm saying Sanity's maybe an option, but I don't know. Eric Young's not that tall. Uh, can't be Mustache. Maybe Mustache Mountain. Nah, it's not Undisputed Era. It's not the War Raiders. Not the Street Profits. Not the Broserweights. I mean, it can't be Imperium. Although Fabian Eichner's kind of disappeared, but Marcel Barthel's been like a, a manager for Gunther on the main roster, so it can't be him. Hmm. Maybe it's Brizongo. You think it would be Tyler Breeze Holy or Fandango? Holy shit, I didn't think about them. Vinny, if that's them, you fucking called it. If it is them, I'm going to be shocked, because <laughs> that, is, that is a total fucking... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just thought of something else. What? Maybe, they, maybe it's Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Oh, shit, them too. Yeah, them too. So I'm thinking it could be them. Uh, it's obviously not MSK. Thank God. And it's obviously not Pretty Deadly. It's obviously not the Creed Bros yeah. or the Tag Chance right now. But I'm thinking, I'm calling it right now. It's either Breezango or the Kings of NXT, Lorkin and Birch. That, those are my two guesses. Right? Okay, maybe not. Yes, give me one minute. Yeah, okay, so now we're moving on to the main Uh-oh. event of the evening. God, I was hoping solid. For the North American Championship, Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams defends the title against Tony D'Angelo with the D'Angelo family. This started off great. It was they kept on fucking with each other. Great moves, stuff like that. And all of a sudden, the brass knuckles did not play right. It backfired, which it shouldn't have. And I guess this is the other moment that Vinny got really pissed off at. So, they got her mercy on your soul. This is the shitty of the Vinny. This Go is ahead. the shitty. This Uh-oh. was the shitty. Shitty booking. Kill it. Kill it with fire. Kill hey, it. Hater, um, we let you out of your basket. I can come out of the basket anytime. I damn well please. Go back to the fucking basket. Dude. I'm not going. <laughs> basket. I'll go to the basket when you get some pussy. Now, I'm not about I want to say. Oh. This was a terrible, <laughs> terrible finish. Shitty finish. Before that, though, th- I actually enjoyed this match. I thought this was a very good match. It had fans on the edge of their seats. The back and forth action was phenomenal. The false finishes. This was a wrestling match. And it was very well done. And I honestly thought this was the night we were finally going to crown a new North American champion. And we should have crowned a new North American champion. It was time for the Don of NXT to be the North American champion. He's already become the Don. They already beat... Legato del Fantasma and brought them into the family. And instead, Santos decides to toss Carmelo Hayes the brass knuckles. Uh, okay, okay, all right. Uh-oh. Okay, first of all, the fact that Tony D'Angelo is not the North American champion right now is goddamn ridiculous. How much longer can we hear, ah, uh, uh, shoot, I don't miss, talk, y'all talk. How much more of this crap am I have to sit through from the A champion? He already lost the belt. He didn't need a second title reign. This is goddamn ridiculous. 
This was Tony D's time. He is over. He is a phenomenal heel. He is probably the best heel on NXT currently. If you can find a better heel, please point him out. Point him out. One. There's one. There's one? Okay, let me hear it. Let me hear it. Grayson Wilder's pretty good at what he does. Not as good as Tony. Sorry. Tony. Tony is way better than Grayson. I like Grayson. Tony's better. So, this guy literally has all the tools to be a phenomenal fucking dominant heel. And, here's the other problem. The Legatos just joined the family earlier this month when they lost the six-man tag. And NXT has not made any sort of honest attempt to keep this family together. Now, sure, obviously I expected a little tension in the beginning. It's bound to happen. But then eventually, they pick up momentum. They get their strides. You know, Santos helps D'Angelo win the North American title. He awards Santos. He do, you know, they start to form a family bond. Sure, maybe, like I said, we have the two, the four underlings kind of fight, but Santos and Tony D, they keep the peace. You could have dragged this out for a good, long while. Hell, you got Electro Lopez in the mix. You could bring another girl in the mix. Like, you know, get a girl with an Italian kind of thing. You can find somebody, get one of the females, give her an Italian gimmick, bring her ass out here, and you got a solid faction. Then, here's what you do. You could drag this out all the way to November. That's five months. You build this family up for five months. Then, when you get close to Survivor Series, you could have it implode, and then once it implodes... Then you can have war games and you have an intergender war games. Three guys and a girl versus three guys and a girl war games and you lock them in the cage. It's perfect. You could book this and then once you've booked it, you can then lead that to a potential North American title match down the road and have Santos beat Tony D for the North American title. And then call up Tony D. Wow, Vinny, that's very creative. You think? It's the, most, it's the most beautiful thing I ever heard in my life. Seriously? No. I'm going to tell you right now. Guess what? And he, uh, here's my message to creative out there. Every uh, The scenario I just gave to you, right off the top of the Chrome Dome. That literally just came right off the top of my head. That's not even me sitting down in a writer's room planning shit. That was just right off the top of my head. Yet none of you are smart enough to figure this out. Tony D'Angelo should be the North American champion right now. You haven't given this thing weeks and you're already causing an implosion because I doubt they're going to stay together for very long. Pretty sure there's going to be something happening where next week there's a big confrontation that's going to be like, we're going to have a match with the Great American Bash and if we win, we're out of the family. Blah, 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 or something like that. And then the Legatos win. They're going to be free from all this. And they go back to going their separate ways because they're not creating enough to drag something out. This is fucking stupid. This whole thing, this is a great fucking match with a finish that fucked it to pieces. That's why this isn't match of the night. Because I said it before, I'll say it again. Desmond likes to disagree with me, but everybody else knows I'm 100% fucking right when I say if the finish sucks, the match sucks. That's the rule. Because that's the pop that matters. Because the match has a shitty ending, you going to go back and watch it again? No. No, you're not. Every time Des says something, it doesn't make sense. No, you're not. You're not. 
It's like watching a movie. There could be great moments in a movie. You get to the ending, and the ending shit. You're gonna be pissed when you walk out of that fucking theater. AKA Game of Thrones. Well, that's a TV show, but you're right. You sat through, hey, y'all, y'all sat, most of y'all sat through this, because I didn't. Y'all sat through eight years of Game of Thrones, and look how it ended. You gonna go back and binge watch the show now? Doubt it. No. I'm glad I never watched it, because I wouldn't, because I, I even told Zach, if I took his advice and binge watched <laughs> that show with that shitty ending, I would never stop punching him. I would punch him <laughs> in the face every time I saw him for the duration of our friendship. That's mean. Yeah. I w- he would get in my car. I'd punch him. We'd drive to my house. That's what it would be. Or he would I knock on the door. I open and he goes, hey, Arrow. Vinny, punch. Come on in. You. Give you something to drink. What? I'm let you inside. I'm fixing you a drink, but I got to punch you first for making me sit through that fucking shit. And then eventually you fail to realize I'll punch back. Yes. And, and then we laid to rest Zachariah Scott. He lived a good uh, life. He, uh, keep on talking he lived a good talk. life. I'll come up there and put my, I'm going to put my He was a good. He, so he was such a good friend, last. but oh, never really up. used his hands. I swear to God, you're about to make me. You're about to get me out of my roommates. Okay. We got off the rails. Okay. Oh, and by the way, in honor of Zach, we have a musical guest. That wants to sing one of his favorite songs in remembrance of his great deeds. And now we carry the casket. Oh, shut up. Why my God's 10 times more talent than one this could ever dream of? Uh, only in your dreams. So, anyway. Anyway, Zach, we, we could do this all night. We ain't got all night. So, uh, you got any final thoughts on this abortion of a main event? Nope. Once again, you pretty much said what you had to say, what I was going to say. It was absolutely horrible. It was, it sucked, it sucked, it sucked. It was just shitty. Oh, by the way, I did leave out one thing, though. Um, Tiffany Stratton had a promo, and it was very good. Very, very true. And that Chase U thing was pretty funny, too. Oh, God. How about that? That was hilarious. Like, the dorms are coming. Okay, 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 okay. I don't want to go on anymore because I'm hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat and watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Anyways, go ahead. All right. That, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time. I have a busy schedule to join me, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Uh, I will be here, and Vinny, guess what? What? I did not have a drop of alcohol. It's a Saturnalia miracle. Okay, here we go. Once again, fucking fat fuck. Anyways, it is a Saturnalia miracle. Um, <clears throat> all right, so make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker, Breaker, Breaker. Google Podcast. Google, Google, Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And I, I, heart, 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 radio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. And, of course, we have the uh, the male soap opera moment. Uh, came out uh, earlier this week was the uh, recap we did of Hell in a Cell, if you want to check that out. Because I know some of you were uh, curious as to where the Hell in a Cell recap was. That's on the male soap opera moment. Check it out on the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets. 
photos and videos. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel for all of our Boochcast video content. And make be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. That's right. We're going to be together for the biggest party of the summer. It's going to air live at 8 p.m. And, of course, for those of you that don't have Peacock, there will be a bootleg link you can check out on our Twitter page. We'll be posting it an hour before the event starts. And, of course, as recently advertised, the main event for SummerSlam will be Roman Reigns defending the WWE Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match. That's the big event taking place for SummerSlam. So we're looking forward to that. That return was awesome. Yes, and, of course... We'll be doing one of two locations for this particular event. We're either going to, A, be doing it live from Nashville, Tennessee, where Buff and I will be at StarCast, or it will be done here in Georgia by the rest of the Boochcast team, should they decide to get together. So either way, we'll be doing a live watch party for you guys. We're going to make sure everything goes off without a hitch, and everything runs smoothly this time. So everything will be cool because obviously Zach and I did a great job with night two, but everybody dropped the ball with night one of WrestleMania. So I'm going to make sure SummerSlam is going well, provided that the team is doing it and not me. But anyway, July 30th, 8 p.m., SummerSlam watch party. Also, we have our live D&D show coming out later as well. We have our Boochcast booking battle and another special treat. Uh, that we've come up with and once we get all the details sorted out that's going to be coming soon so make sure you guys are ready for all the fun on that and of course you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support become a supporter of the Boochcast support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes we have three levels you can donate at the first level is for 99 cents per month that's our basic level for fans who don't have a lot of money to spend, but still want to put a little skin in the game. If you got some spending cash, jump on up to our second level, which is for $4.99 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got our third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Everything they sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. Take that $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And of course, all the money that we raise via Anchor on the Boochcast goes back into the Boochcast in some capacity. That money is used to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over... When it is all said and done, we'll use the rest of it to feed uh, Zach his uh, ramen noodles and try. Oh, Lord, I'll try to get him laid.
And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, Booch, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs> <laughs>